Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 354. Aussie Tech Heads, how is all going? 15th of August 2013 and tomorrow of course we all know that it is the anniversary of the passing of the King, Elvis. So we, uh, our thoughts go out to Elvis and his uh, and Priscilla and Rara. Alright, might play a song later on, we'll see how we go. Alright, it is another week of Aussie Tech Heads. We've got some uh, great news stories for you this week. There's been a lot happening. Uh, I've, got a, I've got quite a few, so we'll we probably go through a couple of them and uh, the other guys have got some and and we'll leave the rest in the show notes. So you can see the show notes, the stories that we don't get to. Show notes are at uh, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast, navigate to the show notes. You can catch us live if uh, if everything works properly, like this episode. We're a little bit late in the lounge tonight, but uh, we did finally make it. And uh, you can find us live at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live from about 7.40 p.m. Uh, every Thursday night. Okay, and uh, so jump in and join us. Now, you, you are listening and all watching us through the generosity of Aussie Web Hosting. Aussie Tech Web Hosting, if you're looking for a fine little package professional Aussie Sydney servers, you know, nice and fast and super duper, uh, having trouble with your domain names, having trouble with slow web hosts, don't be crazy. Like I know some of you are, jump over on board. Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. And you can find them at athwebhosting.com.au. All right, now it's time to meet the, the gang tonight. And uh, no Will tonight. Will is resting up. He should be back in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, it's, so let's go around to Eric. How are you doing, Eric? Hello, sir. Hello, gentlemen. How do you do? Not too bad. How's your week been? Good. Uh, reasonable. Nothing good. to complain about. Good, 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 good. Keeping busy? Yes, indeed. Excellent. And uh, down next to the Eric's virtual right is Shane over in Western Australia. Hey, Shane. Hello, Glenn. How are we, people? Good. Hello, uh, Shane. Uh, good week for you, Shane? Uh, yeah, up until today. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's hope that the next hour you'll be bright as a button. <laughs> And we'll, and we'll, yeah. we'll make we'll make that day uh, we'll turn that day around. All right, and uh, Warlock in uh, sunny Sydney as well. How you doing, Warlock? Yeah, not too bad. How's yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Uh, yeah, I've had a not a bad week. Nice and warm up here. I think it's uh, summer has spring has sprung and summer is on its way and all this sort of stuff. Pretty so much has, yeah, we've had pretty mild winter. So yeah, it's been it's I been pretty good. Except for, I had today. Cold. Except for today. Yeah, we had a bit of wind today, but a uh, bit nippy. 
Yeah, this afternoon got a bit cold. Mm. Well, never mind. Uh, it is the show, so snuggle up and listen to us uh, on your iPod, iPad, or on the YouTube. So while we mention the YouTube, can you please subscribe to us on the YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. And hopefully pretty soon, if we can get another, I think, 20 people to subscribe, we will be able to test out this new YouTube live streaming. And uh, hopefully that's going to give us some uh, some good good streaming value. <laughs> Whatever. All right, don't also forget us on the Facebook. I'll get it right this week. It's facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Ed. So jump in there and uh, drop us a line, say hello, ask a question, whatever. Ask, ask uh, any of us a question. Ask, ask us a tech question and we might even uh, we'll play it on the air and answer it for you. Uh, let's hope. Only need only need 17 more. We're getting there. 17 more. Wow, we are getting there. Good on yes. Ooh, yeah. Oh, Bloody ocean. <laughs> it is. We need, to, we need some talent <laughs> to try and get them on the phones. <laughs> Top hats, tails. Woo. All right. Uh, where are we going to start? Look, I'm going to start. I'm going to throw over to Shane, and uh, let's start with the sh- with Shane's This Week in Tech History and see what he's got to, uh, to marvel us with uh, all that tonight for all those years gone by. What's, what's happening, Shane? Right, yeah, so courtesy of Tom Merritt and his chronology of tech, the first one that I will uh, I will enlighten you people about is on August 10, 2004, the iTunes Music Store library passed the mark of one million songs available. That just seems so long ago, doesn't it? Nearly 10 years. Yeah, I know, but only one million. What's it up to now? About 600,000 billion? Um, all right, good. And uh, how many of those have you downloaded, Eric? <laughs> quite a few. Uh, quite a few. Or, uh, well, you... uh, not oh, quite a bit, I suppose. I'll tell you if you want. Oh, well, well, no, it doesn't matter. While, Eric, while Eric's doing, um, looking at that, I just thought there I'd... There are 776 songs. Yeah, right. Wow. Got. And, and uh, probably about 40 movies. Yeah. Yeah right. Oh, look, and while, uh, oh speaking of, speaking of iTunes movies, uh, yes. if you're into Doctor Who, oh, the uh, Fires of Pompeii mouth. has been released free on iTunes, uh, so that people can get a, another look at Peter Capaldi, who's going to be the new Doctor. Yeah, we can't wait. We can't wait. We've got to look, really look at Fires of Pompeii. And thanks to Warlock, yes, because I saw that uh, come around on your on the Facebook, and I snapped it up. Straight away before they took it off. <laughs> so uh, yeah, look, I've got another excellent, excellent Doctor Who story for you guys. Uh, towards the end of the show, it just it blew my mind. I think it was just so, so cool. So stick around, and I'll tell you what all that is all about. All right, Shane, keep going. Sorry, we interrupt you every week, don't we? Keep going. That's right. Yeah, no, part of the format now. Um, <laughs> Interrupt August us. August 11, 1950. The great was Steve Wozniak was born in San Jose, California. He would grow up to invent the first successful personal computer and re-revolutionise desktop computing. Nice, and we all know that was Apple. And, yeah, next one. And August 12th, 1981, IBM introduced the Model 5150 personal computer. It had a 4.77 megahertz Intel 8088 microprocessor and used Microsoft's MS-DOS operating system. Wow. Wow. I, re- I remember the first one that I bought was a XP, IBM XP machine. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't that slow and heavy, really, really heavy. 
All right. Now, uh, we'll start off with some stories. Look, I'll just get this one straight out of the way because it was the first story I came across. And, you know, you put it in thinking, geez, is this week going to be a light week or a heavy week of stories and blah, blah, blah. I'll get this one out because I put it in. Uh, Harvey Norman's site went down today. (laughs) (laughs) And look, believe me, that is not setting the tone of the stories to come. No way. So, yeah, the Harvey Norman website is uh, offline. They went down saying that they were having experience uh, 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 suggesting a very heavy traffic, like, yeah, right. And then they came back and that was uh, saying that it was um, down for maintenance. All right. Can someone else please give me a better story than that? Uh, Warlock. Yep, yep. Um, eBay has got a new uh, feature being launched soon called My Gadgets, and it's open to all. shows you how much your tech items are worth. So uh, you can find out what the current bearing value is for any of your tech devices before you uh, decide to put them on eBay and sell them, which is pretty okay. handy because uh, you want to know what, what kind of prices people are paying. Usually when I want to sell a phone or something, I'll go on there and scope out what prices people are bidding up to. I mean, you can't go for the buy it now because as soon as they click buy, it's gone, but you don't know, are they interested in that price or is it too mm. high or too low? So I usually watch a few options and um, put them on my watch list and see how much they go for before I put mine on there. But uh, this one is to um, give you an idea of how much is going to be likely to be sold for. I think that's a fantastic idea, very useful. Yeah, so how do you reckon that they uh, grab that information? Is it from... Uh, average of sales of the same device or is it from i'd expect so yeah around yeah. the current average uh price that people are paying for devices like yours and similar mm. specifications <laughs> all right good stuff uh look i've got another one uh the, the quick a quick one google bug bounty program hits the two million dollar mark uh you might be aware that google offers money uh for people to go and try and find bugs in their in their software well it's hit uh so they've given out so far two million dollars uh this week uh yeah more than two thousand bugs were reported uh on and fixed according to google that's over i think i think it was a couple of years four or five years i think the story as the story went but um yeah are you are you a bug catcher warlock uh no i don't uh, bother with that at the moment i have one bug with my chrome i don't know what's causing it probably flash as usual tends to lock things up but uh at some stage, my um, Chrome that I'm using at work will be going for a while and then suddenly I'll open the link or something or refresh a page and the whole thing will lock up. So I close it, but you check the task manager and there's a process. But actually it's still running and you can't kill it with end task no matter how many times you hit it. So I have to end up rebooting the computer before I can use Chrome again. That's very annoying. Mm. Yes, that is annoying. Oh, extreme. You know what else is annoying, Glenn? What's that? You know what else is annoying? No, no. What? If, you, if you check your secret hub, channel yes not aussie tech heads yes you actually have 137 subscribers i know i have been trying to uh experiment with that one but we need we need the uh the subscribers on this channel as well oh as well okay as well yeah as well because uh for different reasons i'll tell them to you later (laughs) okay (laughs) because they're just boring (laughs) all right what do you think of eric the the new iphones have you got any iphone goss for us I um, don't, but I have been reading a little bit about what everyone knows, pretty much the same thing. They're going to call it 5S, so that's boring. Mm. Um, budget iPhone, I'm not sure if that's a rumour, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do bring out a budget 5C. iPhone. Yeah, 5C, cheap and colourful. But the thing is, 
what form is it going to take? That's the question. Is it going to look like an iPhone 5 with colours? And plastic back. Plastic what what makes back. it cheap? Yeah, it's right. That's what I'm getting at. Is it is it the materials that makes it cheap? It's just, is it the size of the hard drive? Is there any functionality going to be limited on it? I, that's that's the well, question. Well, that's the thing, it? right? It's still going to have to run iOS 7. They can't release a, a device that's right. not going to be able to run that. So it's going to have to be pretty powerful to be able to still run iOS 7. So like 3G, 3G, 3GS, 4, yeah. 4S barely runs iOS 7, and yeah. you can't really go anything lower. So the hardware inside has got to be still... Yeah, it's going to be the it's going to be the materials on the outside, right? It has to be. The glass will be maybe a different quality. Will probably not a retina display. Um, plus hard plastic rather than the metal. Does that mean that the that the iOS seven is not going to go get pushed to the four, and and so forth? If it's not going to run it properly, uh, no, no, it'll get pushed to the four. What they generally do is people go, oh, great, new software, update it. Then it runs like a dog. Then you run to to Apple and buy, buy the iPhone five. Yeah, right. That's, a marketing <laughs> That's why they do it. It's a marketing trick. Can yeah. you um when you when you if you upgrade to iOS seven, can you regress? Can you go back if it, you can downgrade if you know how to do do it. Right. You can downgrade. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. So that was a little uh, Apple story. Um, look for more Apple stories if you're into Apple and the iPods and all that. Don't forget the Aussie Mac Zone. .com.au, and that goes out live Tuesday night, 7.30, at uh, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live as well. You can also find that on the YouTube channel and also the webpage, aussiemaxzone.com.au. Oh, I'm fire. All right, now, speak while we were talking about iPhones and so forth, I've got one that's sort of semi-related. The Windows 8.1 uh, released to manufacturer. Now, Windows looks like, or Microsoft seems to have changed the way that they want to do this. They're not releasing the 8.1 RTM to to the, the, the tech heads first, apparently. They're, they're holding it off. Uh, they were going to re- release it to the tech channel, which is the TechNet and the MSDN channel, in around now, August sometime. But now they've delayed it until October, until the actual launch and slash release date. Uh, well, that's a bit silly, because how can the techs test it before release date? Yes, well, apparently uh, it says... You'll be able to get the beta, test the beta. That's right. But, um, not the gold master before everyone, I guess. Because mm, the 8.1... Aren't they shutting down um, the TechNet and the other one? Or at least TechNet? Uh, TechNet, they're shutting, uh, but the MSDN, no, they're not shutting. Yes, so that's all happening pretty soon. But uh, like you might, you might say, uh, but hang on, Windows eight point one's already out. Uh, yes, it is. But this, there's a, there's another one that's actually been leaked to the internet, and it's a it's another. Uh, it's got a few more features, and I'll just find out what they are. This is the newer version. So this one, you know, it's not it's been leaked because now they're not going to release it till uh, October. So a newer version, build number nine four seven one, has been leaked to the web. That includes a new tutorial and navigational aids. Other new features are part of the leaked build include an update to the build in mail and calendar apps and a, a subtle little design and navigational features for apps found in the Windows Phone OS. Now, a delay in rolling out the Windows 8.1 to IT professionals is a departure from how they've, they've re- uh, previously done it. And Microsoft is slowly moving to announce today and ship tonight way of announcing products and updates, said Larry Velez, who is the CTO and founder of Sinu. I don't know what the hell he's got to do with everything. But anyway, and uh, so anyway, yeah, because I think Velez said that delaying the Windows RTM release to early adopters and TechNet gives Microsoft a bigger surprise reveal for Windows 8.1 in October. So when OEM partners will also likely have new hardware to debut. That's a they're good bringing thing. Back, they're bringing back the start button. 
Yes. Ah. But, <laughs> wow, that's a surprise. But I think what what I think they want to be able to do is, you know, like pretty much, you know, with, with the Apple iOSs and all that sort of stuff, you're really not really too sure what's going on till launch. And I think that's where they want they want to build the the mystery and 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 so cool. forth around their products, which it's a good thing. But as you know, because so many I think so many devices and peripherals use Windows uh, to to work, I think I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a brave strategy because everyone's got to get used to it to be able to build their things. That was what the problem with Vista was, if you guys remember. Yeah. Uh, the third parties hadn't built their hadn't coded drivers because. They had, they didn't know what the operating system really was going to do, but anyway, yep, that's, right. that's that's my speaking that's, of um, Microsoft delaying things. The Xbox One is going to be delayed in eight countries now until next year. So a lot of them are pretty annoyed. Yeah, how come? Why? Any reason for that? Or they just they, well, they just they said that um, to streamline things, uh, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Netherlands, Norway, Russia, Sweden, Switzerland are all going to be having to wait till two thousand and fourteen. So. Right. All those people who are getting ready for Christmas are going to have to wait. Forget about it. Mm, forget about it. How about an Easter present? Easter present. Just be something different. Yeah. Have Easter present be quite nice. And uh, also, you're not going to have to have the Connect plugged in all the time anymore. They said you can unplug it. Oh, I didn't realise Before it was required for the device to work, it had to have the Connect plugged in at all times. But oh, really? people are like, oh, no, the Connect is spying on me. It's telling Microsoft oh, and the NSA everything. Oh. So they said, all right, you can unplug it and still use the device, but you've got to buy it with it. It's one that someone didn't buy, like a – remember those Noel modems? You could buy a little Noel USB or something and just stick it in the Connect hole. <laughs> <laughs> Feedback. That's right, to loop it back into mm-hmm. itself. Um, Shane, what, what, have, what have you pulled out this week? Uh, I have got, I will start with the one about the hard drive capacity. Yes. Scientists have finally created a long theorized particle called Sky, I'm going to pronounce it Sky Min. So um, they might have to change that name shortly since it's got the word Sky in it. Yeah, yeah. The, best way, the best way to imagine uh, Sky Min is to think of it as a magnetic field that resembles a twisted vortex. Basically, um, obviously, we're talking about little tiny things. They've, in theory, and I think they've done it sort of um, in in a laboratory kind of setting where they've mm. got these particles twisted together kind of tighter because of the way they're twisted rather than being whatever a particle shape usually is. Um, so, therefore, you can, they, they're saying you can put up to 20% more stuff on the, or the, the um, capacity of hard drives. Yeah, in right. theory, are going to be 20% bigger. Nice. Well, that's what we want. We want bigger hard drives. So, did, was that sorry? Was that uh, spindles or solid state, or you or didn't actually stipulate? It didn't actually distinguish. It just basically said the way that the um, yeah, the way that the stuff is, the way the data, the zeros and ones are going to be put on the actual hard drive itself hmm. is, in theory, going to be able to be um, squished together closely or closer yeah, to right. allow twenty percent more to go on there. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing how small things can become. Like I suppose, because when you think of it, you know, like if if we were the size of ants, then and we had a hard drive, geez, they'd be small. So it must be able to be done. <laughs> it must be able it, to be it, done. It makes an interesting point at the end of the article where it said, "The bad news is we've um is the way we've hang on. The bad news is that we're away from making such devices. The idea of Skymins has been around since the sixties." But only in the um, latest study have scientists proven that it's able to be actually 
used to write data. Even then, they were only about able to do it 60% of the time, but I didn't actually copy it, but it actually went on to say that when CDs came out, they um, failed 80% of the time or something. Yeah, well, yes. When they first came out, yeah, they were yeah the fade rate on CDs was quite high when it comes to burning. Those data. good old they'll last you a hundred years CDs. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, failed exactly. in two weeks. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Another thing that seems to have failed is is bitcoins are getting stolen from wallet apps. Uh, criminals have found a way to steal bitcoins from users' wallet apps by exploiting <gasps> major vulnerabilities in the Android mobile operating system. Heaven, oh, Android again? Oh, what a surprise. Heavens <laughs> <laughs> forbid. Who would expect to hear that from Eric? <laughs> Cyber thieves what is a ma- great operating system. <laughs> They've made off with at least 55 bitcoins, which is which only amounts to about $5,800, uh, given the current... That's all Android users can afford. <laughs> Mike, uh, Mike Hearn, Bitcoin developer, explains a Bitcoin address is a is a bit like an email address, except that it's linked to a private key, which is a bit like the password for the money sent to the address, he said, except you don't get to pick the password. The phone, tablet, slash computer does on the assumption that it's better at picking unpredictable codes than you are. So there you go. That, that's what it's all about. Uh, where else Where else are we going to go? Oh, here's, here's one up your alley, Eric. Uh, uh, Eric. Uh, Blackberry may put itself up for sale. So Black- oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> Blackberry. <laughs> really? Oh, geez. I'd, can you jump on that little number? Blackberry. That's, Black- that's, that's Buy stock that's, now. Buy stock now. That's short odds to be a success, that one. Jump on that before it's too late, fellas. Before yes. the door closes. Come on. Well, look, I've, I've pulled out some other info that might maybe change your mind about the, the sale, which may, may, uh, may make you want to think well twice about not buying something. I'm, I'm but- listening intently. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> God, <that> looks... <laughs> Blackberry is, uh, is blah, 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 uh, yeah, okay. The company said that, uh, the company said, now this is the guy called, or is it a lady? I don't know. Is it Prame Watsa, whose Fairfax Financial Holdings Limited is Blackberry's biggest shareholder, was leaving the board to avoid a possible conflict of interest as Blackberry, Blackberry determines its next step. Now the resignation... I'll tell you why, because he's probably, he might be... Uh, he might have jumped on board a, a, um, a bunch of investors that want to take it over. And if he's on the management, he's got to recuse himself. Yeah, the resignation of what's uh, often described as Canada's version of Warren Buffett uh, suggests Fairfax may be part of the solution. Now, the, the stats, Eric, that I thought that you might be interested in, the company's assets include a well-regarded services business that powers BlackBerry security-focused messaging system worth 3 to $4.5 billion. Now, this would be probably Yeah, according to who, though? According to BlackBerry? Yeah, their accountants. Right, well, so it's a third of that. Okay, it's a third of that. A collection of patents that could be worth two to three billion. Okay, a billion and a half. So you're shaving that one as well, and three and three point one billion. All right, well let's let's go back to that R and D. If the R and D was that good, why is BlackBerry tanking? Because no one's buying their phones. Okay, R and D equals technology equals let's build a device. Yeah. You can't build a device, so either the management's bad or the R and D is bad. It's one or the other. They Continue. waited too long um, resting on oh, their laurels. Oh, they missed the boat. Yeah, they missed the boat. They, they got complacent. Like, yeah, iPhone's they, just going to be a fad. Don't worry about that. I think. Anyone, still, I think. I think. Like um, 
Steve Ballmer said the same thing. iPhone, <laughs> overpriced, no one's going to buy that. <laughs> look, look, I could tell. I, this is how far out of touch that I reckon these guys must be. I could tell. When that iPhone, when I sat down and watched that iPhone 3 video, the launch, you know, the when first Steve, one. The first one. Because I, yeah. for probably three years or two years before that, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm not going to buy a, I'm not going to buy a iPod, a GPS, and a phone. I don't want to take three things and, around. And a camera. Well, and yeah. a camera. I didn't include yeah. that. So you but... go on holidays and mm. you need a suitcase just for all this stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I didn't include the camera, but I'm thinking into my mind that I, you know I'm not going to buy three different devices. And then when this thing came out and it said it's all Perfect. everything in, I said that is a hit. I tried to phone right. Steve up and congratulate him, but he wouldn't take me call. Busy that day. <laughs> he should have. If you busy. called Steve Bormer, he would have taken your call, yeah. and he would have laughed. At, he would have laughed at you. Yeah, don't be stupid, Glenn. I would have chucked. No, chucked no one's going to buy that. No one's going to buy that. They're throwing a rubber penis at him or something. <laughs> <laughs> now the thing is, too. Uh, what was I saying? I think that the best fit for BlackBerry might just mm. my view. I could be wrong. Just my view, my personal view, is that Microsoft should buy them. And put Windows 8 on a BlackBerry device because BlackBerry still make cool. a nice device. Mm-hmm. Their software, their software is garbage. I have seen the BlackBerry 10 and I do like the look and feel. Uh, and but also, the software is crap. Getting back to the stats, they've got apparently 3.1 billion in cash. Yeah, well, that's probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, BlackBerry shares rose. Seven point five percent to ten dollars eighty in New York and ten dollars eighty four in uh, Canada in Toronto in afternoon trading. So that's a bargain when you when you have a look at what the share price was in June two thousand and eight. It was one hundred and fifty bucks. One hundred and fifty. Yeah. That's a bargain. Well, everybody. see, the thing is, they had all the contracts with government and these major corporations. They were locked in. We had the service, and they had the services contract on top of that. They were making squillions and squillions and squillions. iPhone came out. They rested on their laurels, like Warlock said. They didn't jump. They didn't think they had any competition, and mm. they lost. They just everyone ate their lunch. They got. Exactly. They got. Yeah, they got too cocky and too arrogant. And those. And look, you can't run a company with two CEOs. Yeah, you know, joint CEO. Stuff. What the hell is that? Bipolar BlackBerry. <laughs> you know, and you look at their devices now. Look at that screenshot you just put on the on the Zoom here. Yeah. And they're looking pretty dated. Think of it. You know, yes. they're looking very dated. Yes, but well, they are a good looking. They do know how to make good, sturdy devices. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess that's what... Microsoft on that with a swipe screen. Oh, mm, laughing. Mm. Well, maybe Microsoft might buy it just to, just to, to, to try and uh, coax their 10 customers across. Now, All right, well, look, that's a theory. Microsoft should yeah. buy it and put it on, but yeah. Microsoft will buy it and stuff it up. Speaking of the um, stocks that you were talking about before, Glenn, did you see what happened with the Apple shares went up in price? Yeah, I saw I, I saw something because didn't some well-known pest... Carl Icahn. Very yeah. well-known. Yeah, he got, he's got bored with Dell, so now he's uh, onto he's the on. uh, Apples. Yep. He's like, he, tweeted, he bought a bunch of shares and then he tweets out, yeah, I rang up uh, Tim Cook, we had a bit of a natter, reckon it's going to be bloody awesome, so everyone... You know, Apple is great. So yeah. they're all like, okay, let's go buy. Yeah. And so where everyone was buying, he just Pump sold all his stock. Stocks. Yeah. <laughs> he bought he bought uh, $3 billion worth of stock, makes mm. an announcement. Yeah. Price goes up $12 billion, He sells out for six. Well, that reminds me, and I was, reminds me of that. And I was only talking about this today to uh, to PA, actually, who listens to us in the lounge. Hello, PA. Uh, I was talking to, I was 
telling him about uh, uh, Westpac. And when they got, this is 20 years ago, they, their shares yeah. fell to about a dollar. They weren't travelling too well. Then uh, big old Kerry Packer comes in and says, you know what, I'm going to buy 500 million of those shares. So he buys whatever, how many million he did at a dollar. 20%. 20%. And then the next two days or whatever, the next day, next two days, everyone goes, gee, Kerry Packer's buying him. He must be going to do something. So everyone started buying him. The share price went up to like five bucks, and Kerry Packer said, I'll take that. Sale. <laughs> ching. Ching, ching. Wasn't there another bloke that um, he's he, dead he now? He sell out all of it. He, sell out, he sold out about 5%. Yeah, right. Basically, the 5% he sold paid for his complete purchase, oh, and yeah. he still was left with 15%. And then when they did the restructuring and everything, he sold that his fifteen percent for something like a three hundred million dollar profit. Yeah, and then went and bought Channel well, Nine changed. back for two dollars off Bondi. Yeah, two hundred million from Bondi after selling it to him for a billion. <laughs> Wasn't there another bloke who's dead now who got in the poop for doing this sort of thing? Renee Rifkin didn't he get in trouble? For... Oh, well, yeah, but, yeah, but that's insider trading. It's uh, insider trading. Completely different. Yeah, so he he was um, so insider trading, Eric. I, I suggest for those that don't know, and I hope I get this right, it's like if, if you're in the know uh, about a company's finances or a particular path they're going to take and... Uh, and you and, act on it. Yeah. And you or, act. or you tell someone and they act on it. Yes. Yeah. So if you know... If that, I'm working in the industry and I'm working on a deal, for example, and, I'm, and I say, oh, look, uh, uh, AGL is going to take over Origin and based on what I know, the price is going to blip 10, 20 percent, and I, and I think oh, I'll get in on the ground floor here because I know it's going to blip. Mm. Uh, that's inside. That's inside of trading. Mm. And you're not allowed to do that. That's against no, the law. No, uh, not, not you can only trade on publicly available information. Yes, and Shane, what what else? What have you got for us? Uh, the next thing I will do is just a quick little one about. Gmail's new Compose window will soon be your only choice. Basically, um, as we probably have all noticed, when we go into Gmail and um, we go to compose a, a, an email, we get a, a different way, like a different little window, with different little box, different functions, everything. Yeah, little box. That's what I was looking for. And um, up until now, that's been kind of optional. But mm. according to this, today's Gmail blog post, which was a couple of days ago says that Gmail accounts will switch to the new Compose window in the next few days, so it may have already happened by now. If you're not a fan of the new default, um, Google says you can expand the new Compose window to fill up the um, screen. So you go like or get an account at Outlook.com. <laughs> oh, no, don't start uh, yeah, me. They don't actually mention that as an option. No, um, don't. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, look, Outlook.com, are you, are you serious? Well, That's I, a I, piece I, of crap. I wanted to. Fair income, I want to embrace Microsoft stuff. I really, really do. The, the previous Outlook was better than this one. I wanted to. I wanted to give Gmail away. I wanted to go to Outlook.com. I can import my... Yeah, it's Skype integration. <laughs> oh, look, just to try and import, just move across all my mails to Outlook.com. Outlook.com doesn't use IMAP, so... No, it doesn't look IMAP. You can't... You can't link to anything. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't work on Exchange no. Server. It's you have to useless. forward everything to it. Yeah, you got to yeah, forward. Like, are they serious? So at the end of the day, I, I tried. I, I loaded up Outlook 2013. I I mapped it to Gmail. I was using that for a little while. It still it wasn't as good. I didn't like it. it I, no, it's not. 
it wouldn't no, do the conversation. Calendars don't come up. You can't no, import your, your calendar no, from Gmail. Don't no, come across. No, hopeless. They've, they've hopeless. Really, look, hopeless. <laughs> they're probably. They're probably. It's a bloody shambles. It is. <laughs> it's a shambles, of course. It's Some, a travesty. Someone should. Uh, somebody should. <laughs> They don't say that. <laughs> the US government will get onto words like that and you'll be in trouble. I stopped myself just in time. Yeah, they'll be turning on your connect right now. <laughs> yeah, I better turn that off. Yeah, but well, getting back to the story uh, that Shane was talking about, look, I don't mind a new window uh, for the Gmail. I quite enjoy that little one that pops up. It allows me to create yeah. a new email as well as search my emails. Uh, look, Shane has provided a picture here for those on the video. Oh, hopefully, uh, the new window that pops up, the, what the picture displays is the new window popped up in the centre of the screen, but the, the window behind is darkened. So hopefully, you will still be able to navigate and use that window behind. Otherwise, it would just be a big waste it's of time. that size, it won't be too bad. It was this tiny little one that took up like, you know, one-tenth of the corner of your screen that was annoying. Oh, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that at all. I thought, I thought oh, okay, well, I can still navigate around and... Yeah. Well, I understand that everybody has taste, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm well, you, you you could have pushed that to your fourth monitor if you wanted to. I <laughs> <laughs> got around with it that way and then and then full-screened it. All right. So, um, yeah, all right. Now, look, another big story that's probably hit this week is... Remember the Kogan-Telstra? Uh, Kogan oh, and ISP yeah. one debacle, you know? Wow. And, oh, well, they're back at it again, aren't they? Because apparently ISP one is going to... Uh, Telstra is yeah, suing. Way. Yeah, well, Telstra is suing ISP One because yeah. the, uh, Telstra is saying... giving people what they asked for. <laughs> yes, that's right. I, I know think, that stuff. Yeah, because I think remember, I think the whole the, the crux of the whole issue back then was with Kogan and ISP One because remember, ISP One turned off a, a few, or well, quite a few of Kogan's customers' SIMs because they had. had use too much data or calls or whatever, but Kogan come back and said, well, hang on, the agreement we signed with you as the as the wholesaler or the reseller was that you would give us unlimited, these calls are unlimited, this block of calls is unlimited, and now you've cut people off, we've advertised as unlimited, we've sold as unlimited, and you're cutting them off? Ah, off to court we go. So anyway, they went to court. Yeah, and but- also if, if they got a um, five gig per month account, they were cutting them off because they were using the five gig in the first few days. No, no, you have to stretch your five gig over many days. Oh yeah, look, oh, but just yeah. quite. I'll tell, I'll tell you something. Five gig, five gig. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something that's quite interesting, and it's quite a, a good little tip actually yeah, for those who are on Telstra mobile internet. And because like I've only got a gig per month, which I'm starting to encroach on every month. And look, I rang up the other day saying, look, I've got thirty meg left. I need to buy another data block because I think I was going out on a job and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to use me tether here. So I didn't want to, you know, pay whatever. So um, so I rang up Telstra and, they, and this is the second time I heard it. And I thought, well, I'll put it to the test this time. So I said, can I get another data block? Uh, I'll get a 30-buck data block, which I think give me an extra three gig. And she goes, yeah, that's fine. I said, look, I've only got two days to go, you know, before my plan resets. And she goes, oh, that's okay. I said, all right, so... She goes, you pay po- pro rata. And I went, okay. So she put the data block on and she goes, look, I'll automatically take it off in two days' time. I went, all right, okay, that sounds good. So I'll only pay like $2. And she goes, yeah, that's right, whatever the pro rata is. I said, well, that's good. And I said, well, okay, in that case, do you pro rata the usage? And she goes, no. 
And I said, so I can yeah, use, I can use the three gig in two days. And she said, yes. And I did. And it cost me two bucks. Oh. Yeah. So Wait. I've got the bill. Every month he's going to ring up and get a data pack for well, two days. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> why not? If I'm going to get, if I want to run out, if I'm getting close. But that's, that's a good little tip. You should get a lot of Linux ISOs for that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good little tip, I thought. And, you know, well, I haven't, I haven't got the paper bill. But, you know, this is this has been told to me in no uncertain terms because I asked him straight, you know, asked him straight down the line. straight to write it in blood and mail it to you. Yes, that's right. Right. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, getting back to the ISP put her one. Put ear in an envelope. Put what? <laughs> an ear? Put her, put her ear in an envelope so that you know she's serious. What will probably happen is you'll get the prorated amount, you'll pay, you'll be charged the month ahead, and then um, you'll get a, a credit for that on the either on the same bill or the following bill. Yeah. Right. I agree. As long as I still pay the $2 or whatever it is, pro rata, I'll be happy. At the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, where were we? Yeah, so anyway, uh, Telstra take an ISP1 to court because the ISP1 have, uh, apparently can't pay their bills. So the Telstra wholesaler, uh, yeah, ISP1 plans to argue, though, Telstra, in fact, owes it money as a result of Telstra's incorrect Rating of data pricing for prepaid mobile services. ISP1 asserts that Telstra has breached its agreement with ISP1, engaged in misleading and deceptive and unconscionable conduct, <gasps> the statement reads. Oh, no. Goodness me, there's some big words there. Yes, that Telstra, not our favourite telecommunications network. They'd never do that. They're Australian, for goodness sakes. Uh, IS- blue, okay. That's right. ISP1 also claims an entitlement to damages based on the significant problems experienced with Telstra Mobile pre-paid platform, which yeah. earlier this year yeah. left many customers without services. They were delays in porting numbers to Telstra. A hearing is scheduled in the Federal Court in Victoria at 2.15pm today. Well, that's already happened. I wonder what happened. But what a question that arises out of that is, and Eric might know the answer to this, but... How do these guys get a court appearance so soon? What happened to waiting? I think money. Might yeah. the, oh, money, one. It probably Public depends interest. on the type of case. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Like private health insurance. Mm. Yeah. You go straight in if you've got it. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right, yes. Um, but aren't these, aren't Telstra and that other mob, aren't they part of the Telstra group? So isn't it really like Telstra suing itself? Well, you know what? That's what I thought. But then I, that's what I thought when we covered this story last time with Kogan. But then, look, I, I reread it. ISP1 might be a subsidiary unrelated to Telstra. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of saying. How can it be a subsidiary? Because why would you sue yourself? But how can it be a subsidiary, and, but yet it's unrelated? How can that be? No, another a subsidiary well, of someone else, not Telstra. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. It could be related, though, because, you know, Samsung has got many different companies in the one, and they're always got infighting and competing with with other departments of the same uh, company. Sounds uh, like a problem that Samsung has done. Sounds like Microsoft. Yes. And Sony. Uh, Speaking of Telstra, I've got something to go with that, if you like. Yes, please. I think ISP1 are are not owned by Telstra. Well, that, yeah, because when we covered the... the, uh... The, the Kogan thing, I thought that, that the inference was that, yeah, I thought that's, I thought that, that went along the line of uh, Telstra's arm or ISP1, an arm of Telstra. But obviously, who knows? You, who know, you can't believe everything you read. Reports are conflicting all the time, aren't they? Uh, but yes, uh, Warlock, what's your Telstra story? Telstra and Ericsson are testing out a new advanced LTE. 
Oh. Category 4 device will not only give customers access to LTE-A on the 1800 and 900 megahertz network, but also allow for much higher speeds on the single LTE band when outside of the LTE-A coverage areas. They're going to be the first in the world, to, apparently, to try uh, LTE-A, and so there's a lot of... Um, a lot of carriers around the world are going to keep their eye on this test and see how it's going to go. And what sort of speeds are we talking about, you know, with this enhanced uh, Faster. Energy? Are you <laughs> listening? It's advanced. It's higher and faster and, and big words that mean things like that. It's, it's... Based on the story we did a couple of weeks ago about that Huawei phone, or however you pronounce it, which is a Huawei Huawei. It was up to 150 Megabit down, I believe. That's all right. Malcolm needs to get his mitts on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, you saw that speed test I did, Glenn. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell tell him what what speed you got off. Well, your that end. was on my iPhone LTE uh, iPhone five eighty six down. In, was it four thirty up, Glenn? I can't remember now. Yeah. Where yeah, was that? At? that? The advanced the advance will offer speeds in the range peak speeds in. Where the was that? Up the road from my place. Three hundred megs. Yeah, gee, that's pretty good. That's fast, isn't it? That's pretty good. See, we don't need the NBN. No, 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 not at all. Actually, yeah, we're most. It's going to cost you a hundred bucks a day. That's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't. We won't talk about the NBN. You, I don't think you were here last week, Eric, when we were talking about the NBN. How because now that the government is in uh, caretaker mode, apparently all its Mm. departments go in the caretaker mode, which includes they've been in caretaker mode for six years. I think their caretaker is Scruffy from Futurama. I'm Scruffy the janitor. Like Steptoe and Son, that lot. Fair <laughs> they've um, they've, they've uh, re- reduced traffic on Twitter and they've closed their Facebook. You know, so they really yeah. want to attract more customers, don't they? They're really gunning for the No, well, they have to because, the they, because, it's, because it's such a political arm. It's, well, it shouldn't be, but it's become a political arm that, you know, to be objective, they can't start promoting... Um, NBN and all this sort of garbage. Look, they're all going to get sacked anyway. Yeah. Oh, a lot of them, they're useless. <laughs> all right, now, Shane, you've got some good news for iView people, iView uh, watches. Yes. I do. I don't know if this is actually still up, but at the time that I found the, um, the story, the unofficial ABC iView client for Android was available, and all I've basically done in this story is just um, listed the benefits all the features, better search UI, better 10-inch tablet video play UI, video control uh, overhaul, better navigation to next slash other episodes in the series from the video player, Android TV stick compatibility, whatever that means, uh, Google TV compatibility, working HTTP live streaming um, in the ABC, Don't if the ABC don't fix their broken implementation first. <laughs> um, again, not really sure what that means. Uh, higher res images, captions, and cloud synced watch list. Now, did you have you downloaded this for your uh, device? No. Yeah, so that looks good because it is unofficial, and apparently, because I think we might have touched on this, did we last week about how the ABC requested it to be pulled down or something? Uh, I can't remember. We did talk about something about that last week, I think. I thought we were talking about the Foxtel one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think it all it all blurs together, Shane. It just yeah. <laughs> it becomes one big blur. Uh, Dick Smith. I think that they were saying in that that it means it's going to be compatible with a Chromecast, which would be interesting. It's going to be a yes. nice little device. Yes. So, uh, and that the Chromecast, uh, if you don't know, is a little stick 
you can buy, I think 30 bucks US or something like that. And a little USB type stick, you stick into your probably your HDMI port of your TV. And yep, HDMI. Yep, and it's all, um, all good to go. So Anagen has got stuck into um, creating something now for his mods that um, it'll, uh, any, uh, you run his new application for Chromecast onto your, any, any device, any Android device that's got a Cyagen mod on it. And uh, once it detects audio or video of any kind, even if it's not Chromecast supported, it'll pop up a little button saying Chromecast this and you can send it off to anywhere else that's Chromecast compatible. Yeah, okay. Sweet. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, the, the good thing about Android is there's a lot of development and, um, you know, people out there having a go trying to make things easier, which is which is good. Now, if Can't you... do that on the iPhone, huh, Eric? Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> Don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Well, now, I wouldn't want to if I could. So. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, in my, ha- I'm happy in my bubble. <laughs> Our spam email. You guys are taking my FN and getting That's right. you guys. Yeah. Uh, spam. You can't hurt me. I'm in my bubble. <laughs> bubble boy. Warm safe place. Warm safe place. Warm safe place. I'm the bubble boy. <laughs> uh, the, uh, spam email contains malware, not an Apple gift card. <gasps> Yes, a shock and horror. There's spam emails now. Look, I'll, I'll I'll bring this one up because I went and saw a lady through the week, and when she rang me up, she goes, "I've been hacked. I've been hacked." And so when I got there, I said, "What makes you think you've been hacked?" And she goes, oh, "I saw me mouse moving around the screen." And I went, "Right." I said, Ooh. "Were you talking to anyone on the phone from Windows?" I sound like that bloody dude off the project. <laughs> the don't Windows. I? You sound like a heroin addict. Yeah, give me twenty bucks. <laughs> You sound like David Hughes from the yeah. project. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm thinking of. He goes, yeah, so he goes, yeah. I reckon Shane could do a good impression of him. There's a little bit of similarity there. So he goes, yeah. Uh, she goes, yeah, I was talking to the Windows people. They said I had a virus. I went, that's your problem. <laughs> cool. So anyway, I sorted her out. She got scared. She did get yeah. scanned, so I thought it'd, it'd be. I'll bring this one up while we're while we're here. Uh, the email. You put that on your website, please note. Windows will Microsoft will never call you and say you've got a virus. Yeah, that's right. Put that on your website. Public announcement. Yeah. Uh, dear client, this is the email that you may or may not get. Dear client, you got you got our two hundred dollar US dollar Apple Store gift card. Uh, the the mess the message read, crafted to look like a legitimate email from Apple. It reads, please click the link or look at the attachment to obtain the Apple Store gift card code. Now, victims that followed the dubious instructions will instead download malware that steals data from their computer. Uh, the piece of spam currently making the rounds comes came off the radar. The piece of the, 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 the piece of spam currently making the rounds came on the radar of security researchers at Webroot, uh, who detailed the nature of the campaign in a post. So, once again, you don't get nothing for nothing. All right, nothing for nothing. If you think you're going to win and something, at this time of year, just remember: if you get a uh, email from the ATO out of nowhere, don't click the link. No, because there's that's a lot right. of those going around right now. Get on yeah, the phone and call them, but mm. not on the number that that's on the email. How many... <laughs> that's right. How, how many? Go to they... their website, when... ato.gov.au, and when Raj is answering the phone and says his name is Chris, you probably got the wrong one. How, how many that's of those right. emails have you sent out, Eric? Uh, none. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm just yet. joking. Don't take me seriously. Now, Dick Smith takes over DJ's Electronics. Dick Smith Electronics will take over the management of uh, retailer David Jones Electronics business. There you go. What a disaster. 
the new now my question is does that mean they're going to shut down the dse shops and move straight into the um djs like they have best oh Buy good so now I have to, when i go to djs to have a civilized shopping experience i have to look at ugly people <laughs> yep the, the new... not quite as bad as walmart the new <laughs> the new retail brand management agreement will cover uh 30 stores nationwide and see david jones electronics department renamed david jones electronics powered by dick smith uh the the There's deal for you powered for, by dick for some the, 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 <laughs> the, <laughs> jump on the deal will cover computers <laughs> tablets televisions home office and audio visual david jones told investors today and that the meth lab out the back yeah, the arrangement that excludes white goods and some appliances. The arrangement comes into effect on October first, so we'll all start we'll all start seeing some uh, David Jones Electronics powered by Dick Smith uh, setups. Got him there, Dick Smith, checking it out. Yep. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, so that's right. Dick Smith will acquire. Oh, here we go. Dick Smith will acquire all existing related David Jones inventory, fixtures, and fittings. And DJ's frontline retail staff will also transition across to the uh, Dick Smith business. So, yes, Warlock, your, your little comment. Interesting. Yeah, yes. DSC's been um, treading water for a while now, and uh, it's about time they need some major change like this to try and survive. Mm, mm. Now, uh, remember last week, I think it was last week, we spoke about uh, the Queensland's health payroll debacle and <laughs> that was funny and how it was just a total mess what a laugh. oh tell you but, <laughs> but anyway we've spoke about uh i think we talked we talk, talked about the premier banning ibm and we're sort of just in its early days but apparently apparently uh ibm ban has been confirmed uh by campbell newman the, the premier up here in queensland queensland premier has announced ibm will not be allowed to enter any new contracts with the state government until it improves its governance and contracting practices wah, wah, yeah wah, he, wah. Sure enough. yeah he got right into it that was a, that's a disaster that was an absolute disaster but mm. at the same time the people that are working for the government and we all know what side of politics they were on mm. um have a lot to answer for as well yep. well that's right i think they're uh, not going to because they're the ones who make the decisions <laughs> Well, I think. Well, they're all gone. They've been sacked anyway. It's, it's them over them. there. That I and the mm. B and the M. It's all their fault. We didn't have anything to do with it. I we think... got voted out. Get the shredders going. Yes, yeah. I think that. I think that. And the, the I think the the premier tried to it, or he at least investigated possible the possibility of of doing something like that, going down that path, Eric. But I'm not sure how far down that path he got. Uh, yeah, but anyway, IBM was the prime contractor on the project, which will ultimately cost Queensland taxpayers $1.25 billion. Newman said... For a payroll system. Yeah. <laughs> Newman said he was particularly appalled that IBM had told the commission a Mr. X, who sought access to competitor information during the bidding process, no longer worked for IBM Australia. When the commission had later located him in London, where he was working for IBM UK. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Homer was Mr. X in one episode. That's a problem there. Oh, Homer. Yeah, the whole department was dope. That's right. That's what happens. They they tap the commission and tap on the shoulder. He goes, Mr. X, and he turns around and went, Oh, Time to go back to the UK. I don't want people this. Uh, Mr. Newman said, I don't want people of this character working on government projects in this state. I don't, I don't want companies that have this sort of culture doing work for the people of the state. IBM, IBM have, of course, rejected many of the findings in the Chesterman report. 
arguing the majority of the issues impacting the project were out of its control. Always two sides to the story. Uh, yes, yeah, right. it wasn't our fault. Don't blame us. Uh, now, Eric, did you have anything you wanted to bring up this week? Or are you just happy to shoot the breeze? I'm happy, to, uh, I'm happy to contribute and discuss. Okay. Uh, Warlock, did you have anything else down in your little yeah. cave of There's a, um, a company called, a uh, startup called Crossbar has got their new resist, resistive RAM, which is going to be replacing DRAM and flash storage in the future. It's a new type of RAM that's smaller, faster, and more power efficient than uh, current standard RAM. So it's a higher density. The current is much lower, so it'll use less electricity, which is great for your batteries and your devices. The physical power attributes make a suitable replacement for storage in smartphones, tablets, PCs, and servers. RAM will deliver 20 times faster write performance, 20 times less power consumption, and 10 times more durability than the current NAND flash used in most of the devices. Memory oh, I like that. Stacked, and a one terabyte module will be roughly half the size of a NAND flash module with similar storage. Mm. I well, like that. That and an SSD drive, and woohoo! Now, tell you, I'll tell you where to go. I'm, I'm loving my SSD now. I've got SSD for my uh, Windows 8 box here now, and you know, you turn it on. Don't, the problem is, you don't have time to make a cup of coffee anymore. No. <laughs> turn it on, bang, it's there. Holy oh, crap! No. I'll click on Chrome. What and you do is you've got to get eight of them and turn them all on at once. Then you've got time. There we go. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a quick little tip. Uh, and I will make this one pretty quick. But I don't know if I, I spoke about this on the show or not, but I was having trouble with YouTube and Chrome. In Chrome, my YouTube buttons like share, add to, and all that, they weren't working. The comments weren't working. Uh, I reinstalled Chrome or, update, or updated Chrome, reinstalled Chrome, uninstalled Chrome, reinstalled Chrome. Uh, you know, nothing seemed to work. Reinstalled Flash, and I think I talked about this to Will last week. I'm not sure it was on the show again. But anyway, nothing worked. And I was, I, so I was merging everything back to Firefox, and today... I found the solution. So if anyone else is out there that's got the same problem, my solution was apparently I had to download and install Shockwave. I don't know why. But Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd been stuck with this for, for months. I'd already re-downloaded the Flash, but I needed the Shockwave Flash. Can you believe it? And it was only because Shockwave crashed in Firefox while I was on YouTube. I went, oh, I wonder if Chrome needs that as well. But anyway, it did. Now, I've got the wall wall. Here's another one from Sam. Now, if you're looking for more RAM and free RAM, <laughs> can you believe it free? You can go to downloadmoreram.com. How do you like that one? Fantastic website. I recommend that. Yep. Look at that. iPad approved. Works on all the devices. Look. Look at that, eh? Works on your iPhone, works on your PC. And look at the price, you know. It's free. You can download as much as you want. I'll go for the 4 gig if I were you. Why not? You might as well get That's the new one that's just come out. That's right. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Go and have a look at that one and enjoy the ride. Now, let's have another little story here. Anyone else got any stories? Shane, are you still, are you still pumping yeah. into the stories? Yeah, yeah, a couple more. Um, all right, little one here where it says uh, the, um, the headline is, holy crap, does this, this Shazam for live music actually work? Uh, last weekend, which is a couple of weekends ago now, head of Outside Lands Music Festival and Arts Festival, which uh, starts today, which is, like I said, a couple of weeks ago in San Francisco, the first ever Outside Hacks took place. Uh, the hackathon was sponsored by Grace Note and Dolby, and the music recognition company uh, hacked together the way, uh, hacked together what they are calling Music ID Live. And works nice. pretty well for something that was built in just 24 hours. 
basically it's a um yeah it's a thing as we probably know Shazam is mm. no good for live performances, people humming and singing and all that kind of stuff. Um, because the way it does its um music recognition it's algorithm, yeah. But apparently, but, uh, uh, apparently there's an app called Soundhound that you can hum to. I've tried it a couple of times. I mustn't be humming right. But uh, but the only problem, <laughs> the only problem I found with it is that it doesn't like Australian music as much as it likes all the uh, overseas stuff. But yeah, but Soundhound, <laughs> probably not. But Soundhound or uh, Shazam, yeah, they're both both great little apps. They're good. I can use it in the car going along in the radio. What's this song? You put it, just put the phone down near the speaker. And uh, a couple of things, it'll vibrate and you say, oh, that's In what some is. apps that they've got for iPhone, Android now, um, they're using Shazam technology to detect what's the live uh, TV show you're currently listening to as well. Oh, Get right. a fingerprint from the episode and tell, then uh, bring up information about uh, the actors and the filming and the stuff I'm looking for, you know, all that sort of stuff. I don't know how they do it, but... Um, mm, they wow. do it. And then the next thing you'll know that you'll, you'll be actually watching it on a torrent and you have a knock on your door. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, apparently um, it only works with what's currently live because okay. uh, I think it was Leo or someone was saying they're watching something on uh, Netflix and, uh, of course, paid for, and they tried to identify it, said, no, this only works with the uh, current live showing right. program. Okay, nice, nice. Now, did you have any more stories there, Warlock, while you were there? Yeah, yep. Let's see what we've got here. Because I've got two more to go, and they're two little, oh, they're two little interesting, nice ones, actually. Well, uh, more more spying going on. London rubbish bins are spying <laughs> on people, would you believe? <laughs> London rubbish bins attract people's movement, reads the IRA of officials. The officials demanded on Monday that an advertising firm stop using a network of high-tech rubbish bins to track people walking through London's financial district. Oh, gee, that's not good. A new ad firm has been using technology embedded in the hulking receptacles to measure the Wi-Fi signals emitted by smartphones and suggests it would apply the concept of cookies tracking files that follow them uh, to the physical world. So uh, they'll check the Wi-Fi available from your uh, mobile phone and then see where you've walked from one place to another. If you've gone past this bin, it'll pick it up and then say, okay, this device walked past here and then the next uh, turn a corner and go around here and then the next one will uh, pick up the same Wi-Fi uh, MAC address wow. and say, yep. This is where he's headed off to and, and track whereabouts people are walking around. They don't know that it's Glenn's phone, but they know this Mac address that is in Glenn's phone went this way. Oh, it's the Nestines. They're coming. They're coming to get us. So. <laughs> All right, we're well, talking about uh, Nestines. How about uh, this one? Now, apparently, unseen Jerry Lewis film footage leaks online. Well, I've never been a fan of Jerry Lewis. Uh, Me neither. But uh, balls of fire. Not that annoying. one. Not that one. That's Jerry Lee, isn't it? I don't know. The, not, the, not, the, not the singer, the actor, the funny band. Anyway. The actor. Yeah. So film footage with US comic actor Jerry Lewis said would never see the light of day has appeared on YouTube. Uh, Lewis withdrew his movie The Day the Clown Cried after it was completed in 1972. As recently as May, he told journalists in Cairns, I thought the work was bad. I lost the magic. The film told the story of a clown used to entertain children in a Nazi death camp during World War II. Speaking at the Cannes Film Festival in, right. Ma in May, where he had a, a film showing for the first time in more than 20 years, Lewis told reporters, no one will ever see it because I'm embarrassed. Apparently the footage uh, first surfaced, the footage apparently first surfaced on a, a Flemish website last year. What the hell's a Flemish? It's like, 
when what, it gets a bit caught in your throat. Yeah, yeah what is that? What is that? Now, I'm not sure if I can. Uh, let, let's see if I can. Uh, let's see if we can pick up a bit of a YouTube here. And gentlemen, welcome to Schmidt's Greatest Circus, with the most fantastic act ever gathered together in one ring and starring Gustav. Flemish people are from uh, uh, Belgian Dutch people. Right. There's no audio coming from that stream, though. Isn't there? Sorry. So you were just listening to me do nothing? Yes. It's fantastic for the audio. (laughs) (laughs) How's that? There we go. It's better. It's very funny, isn't it? No wonder he didn't want it shown. hilarious. (laughs) Hang on, let me get myself off the floor. (laughs) So we'll, we'll just fast forward a bit. Oh look, cut the I, I've never, I've never found him funny. No, not really. Yeah, get him off. Yep. Yeah. All right. Now, who else has got something else? Anyone else got anything else before we go? No, no. The only one more story that I had was another secure email service, Silent Circle, is shutting down. Uh, Silent Circle, an email provider which guarantees end-to-end. Uh, Secure Email has announced that it's going to going to go the same way as Edward Snowden's beloved Liabit, which is another Lava-bit. email. Love a bit, sorry, like a Y in my thing, and is shutting down over concerns of external pressures from external pressures. Um, in a blog post, Silent Circle CTO John Callis explained that the move is the result of cough outside cough pressures. Um, <laughs> But basically, uh, it boils down to uh, preemptive, preemptively avoiding trouble from the authorities. Um, and then it just goes on to sort of compare the two services and the fact that, um, what's his name, Snowden used one of them. All right. Uh, so we're all done. I think we've, we've actually hit the hour. And so, look, I've got a, my last little story. Is a, it's quite a, a beauty. And uh, it's, oh, I couldn't believe it when I first heard about it. Now, apparently, on the, you know, everyone's uh, up to speed with Google Maps and Street View and all that sort of stuff. And so if you go to Street View, now there's a link in the show notes, and it's a street in England. Now, they've, apparently, they've just got a little police box standing out there. Isn't that cool? Hey? You thought that a was blue cool. one, a blue one at that, yeah. So you can, you know, you can you can drive up and down the street and have a look at this little police box. And what is the most absolutely cool thing about it? Now you all know what a police box is, Eric. You're familiar with what we're talking about. No, we're talking about the Doctor Who's police box, the TARDIS. Don't watch Doctor Who. Okay, talking about the t- so anyway, the TARDIS is on the street of is London. So as you go on through in Google Maps, you can click on, you can actually go up to it. And click like to open the door and go inside it, and you'll actually go inside the TARDIS. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Isn't that cool? It's beautiful. Oh, it is. Look, you can you can move around. All right, geek geek gasm, moving along. <laughs> well, that's, oh no, I, I just love awesome. this. This is great. On the if it's so over, if you're on the audio, go home and have a check of this one. It's it's quite good. I, I love it. All right, it's bigger on the inside. It is. It's excellent. All right, uh, that's it. That's it for that's what this. Week's show, so we want to uh, thank everyone for coming along. We want to, don't forget to Twitter us if you if you want to, or send us an email at uh, whoever we are at aussietechheads.com.au. Don't forget the YouTube, youtube.com forward slash aussietechheads, facebook.com forward slash aussietechheads, and join us again live if you can in the virtual lounge every Thursday night. So good night, Eric, Shane, and Warlock. Good night, boys. Good night, all. Thanks, Thanks, Bye. Bye.
and we'll, we'll see those guys next week. And look, their, their Twitters, you'll find them uh, on the on the lower thirds as as we speak. If you're on the on the video, and if not, you've heard them all before. You've heard them all before. We'll go through them again next week, eh? Don't forget Aussie Techheads hosting athwebhosting.com.au. Uh, excellent. All right. Until next week. Bye for now. Bye bye. <laughs>